This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Goldcamp, here with Blake Alderman. Blake, a very busy couple days for you, I am sure. Florida coming off its first and really only official visit weekend with Billy Napier now in town. A couple of his staffers hired and able to help him out kind of on the recruiting front. Can you give us a, a quick overview of how that weekend went for Florida before we start to get into some of the things that Florida fans should look for in this early signing period starting on Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, you know, they had the the six guys on campus over the weekend for official visits. Um, one of those coming only on Sunday and four-star defensive line commit Chris McClellan. Uh, he spent Friday evening to Saturday morning uh, on an official visit to Oklahoma, had his high school football banquet Saturday night, and he left out uh, for Gainesville Sunday morning, got in around noon, 1 p.m., something to that effect. So he spent the Sunday there. Uh, past that, the guys that spent the entire weekend, five-star safety Kamari Wilson, Um, A guy that heading into that visit, Florida wasn't in his top four. Um, Coming out of the visit, he has a top five. Florida's in there. Uh, Georgia has been the team that everyone's been watching, um, including me. I'm still leaning Georgia there. Um, I will say that, you know, for a guy that, you know, heading the visit didn't have Florida among top schools, has kind of gone back and forth of having Florida included, having Florida kind of on the outside looking in. I will say that I do think Florida has tightened up the maybe the big lead that Georgia has had in this recruitment. And I say that because, you know, this is a guy that's visited LSU for an official visit back in June. Corey Raymond was his main recruiter. Um, But another guy that has a really good relationship dating back to, um, you know, him being at Florida is Jamar Chaney, the guy who is just hired at Florida under Napier as a defensive analyst, support staffer guy, um, was recruiting Kamari uh, back when he was at Florida in the recruiting office before he went off to Mississippi State for a couple of years. They're from the same area. Uh, Cheney played at a high school, I think, 15 miles or 20 minutes or something down the road from, you know, where Kamari is from originally in Fort Pierce. Um, So I think those connections definitely has Florida being considered. Um, You know, they can still work on them. There's obviously playing time to sell at Florida. Um, But again, I'm still leaning Georgia there. But that's one to where, you know, I I think he's the kind of guy that can go back and forth on things. You know, again, I I can't say enough that I still think Georgia is where I'm leaning there. Um, I think Georgia has had the longtime lead. I think they're going to be hard for the staff to make up. Uh, Maybe if this was something that, you know, some of these hires were happened earlier or if a coaching change was earlier, you know, maybe something would have played out if Florida had more time in this recruitment. Um, But, uh, you know, I do think, again, that Florida has kind of tightened up things there and they definitely made a it wasn't from lack of effort. They definitely made a run at him. And I think that he had a really good visit weekend. Uh, three-star interior offensive lineman Christian Williams um, heading to that weekend at Florida. He was committed to University of Lafayette under Billy Napier, um, had an offer from the staff at Florida. I want to say he was offered sometime around Thursday whenever he got a chance to speak with Napier, um, you know, flipped to Florida, heading into that visit, came out, playing to sign on Wednesday. Um, three-star defensive lineman, Sean Washington, who's committed to Georgia, uh, 
was always really into Florida. I think he was a little bit down on the board for the old coaching staff, this new coaching staff, having all these Louisiana ties, really pushing hard for him, uh, committed to Georgia. Uh, it was either early December or late November. Um, it was between Florida and Georgia. Um, he had originally planned to take an official visit for the Florida State game, but the staff with Mullen not being on staff anymore, they decided not to host any official visitors. Uh, so he was able to come in this past weekend, and he came out of that visit weekend at Florida saying things were 50-50. Um, if you're Georgia and you're hearing a guy that's been committed to you for you know several weeks is coming out of a decision 50-50 or excuse me, a visit weekend 50-50 with his decision, um, I think that uh, you know, there's definitely – Definitely does. So there's definitely some work being done there. Um, Four-star defensive back, Devin Moore, a guy that really early on was really into Florida, uh, really was high on them early on. Notre Dame got him on campus in June. Um, official visit. Sorry, someone rang my doorbell, so my dogs are going nuts. All good, man. I know that. Amazon Christmas season. Um, so, you know, he got on campus uh, at Notre Dame in June for an official visit. They really swung things in their favor. Um had continued to talk with Florida and their coaching staff even while he was committed to Notre Dame. He visited for the uh, for the Alabama game in September at Florida, um, backed off that commitment to Notre Dame after Brian Kelly made the move to LSU. And Florida continued to push. You know, Corey Bell went to see him um, the week before the Florida staff, new Florida staff, got on campus, um, got him on there to talk to him. Corey Bell has been an instrumental part of this recruitment, and I think it's kind of bridged the gap of – you know, Devin Moore and Corey Raymond, who's new, uh, the new cornerbacks coach at Florida, because this past weekend, Devin was that was the first time he was able to meet Corey Raymond. And I think the uh, the coaching pedigree he has speaks a lot of volumes to him. Um, I think Florida's really in this. It's obviously he's going to pick between Florida and Notre Dame on uh, Wednesday's early signing period. But I think Florida really made a big move. And I, I, I've been leading Florida. I've had a crystal ball pick on Florida and I really like where they stand. Finally, three-star offensive tackle David Connor from down in Deerfield Beach, a uh, longtime Florida commit, got on campus for his official visit. Really no drama in that recruitment. He plans to sign and enroll early at Florida. Like, I got a couple questions for you. So uh, you just ran through a lot of the guys. What was the general vibe that you got from coming out of this weekend visit? Because a lot of staffs, you know, they're, 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 there can be a bunch of buzz. You know, that was one thing we talked about with Dan Mullen was, you know, despite their maybe poor recruiting on paper, the one thing they did seem to do pretty well was when they got guys on campus, they could kind of shift recruitments and closing remained an issue with that staff. Um, but what is your sense as far as maybe the energy level, the excitement around recruits, particularly the ones that have gotten on campus? I mean, are you sensing maybe uh, any, any sort of that euphoria that would lead maybe certain guys to make that, that kind of a change? You know, I think so. I think the Napier's putting together a big time staff. When you look at a guy like Corey Raymond, you know, that's that's that was a surprise hire. I mean, that was a big time hire for Coach Napier. Um, that's a guy that a lot of people really never saw um, leaving um, leaving LSU after he'd been there for so long. Um, so, you know, as far as talking to the guys after the visit, you know, the layout of the visit was really quite the same because a lot of the guys that were on the off-field role that had been there at Florida really kind of ran point on those things. So the, okay. the layout of the visit was kind of the same. You know, you spend time with, you know, coaches, you, you know, you go out to eat at player a bunch host, of restaurants, yeah. player host, all those types of things. You know, you, they, they take them to Dave and Buster's. They eat at Spurrier's on Friday night. They eat um, in the swamp up in the in the boxes overlooking the swamp on Saturday night. So, I mean, a lot of those things were still the same. Um, but as far as talking with the coaching staff, I think there is some euphoria in the sense that you have a new coaching staff. So you can really kind of sell the dream. You can say that, you know, you're going to change things around. You're going to be a part of that. You know, I, I think that those kind of things really brings a lot of excitement 
as far as recruiting, because you, the first couple of years there, you can kind of sell the dream. Like I mm-hmm. said, you can really kind of say that, you know, this is my plan. This is how we're going to change things around. But I think one of the biggest things from guys, you know, that had talked to coach Napier on their visit, on the official visit, getting to spend the weekend with him was that they really got a chance to spend a lot of one-on-one time with him. And that's not to say that the old staff really didn't do that, but I've had guys that show up on unofficial visits that, you know, maybe didn't get to spend a lot of time around the coaching staff, you know, the former coaching staff, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, really didn't get to have, you know, the big long conversations because they were, you know, a coaching a game and all these things going on. So I think that that's something you'll see change where Napier takes a little bit more time to kind of have those personal conversations with guys that visit and not so much of a, you know, maybe a rush decision talking to them on the field before the game, like, Hey, thanks for coming. You know, see you after the game. We'll talk for a little bit. You know, I think that that's different. And I think the overall organization and the plane for the program, I think, is being relayed to these guys a little bit better. Because, again, Napier has been one of those guys that's been very organized, really has a vision and really detailed. And I think you're seeing a lot of these recruits that visit there, you know, because we hear these things about Napier heading into the hire and once he was hired. But it kind of confirms those things whenever you talk to these kids and you see how how he interacts with them. And a lot of those guys really kind of complimented the organization he has and the vision and how he really seems fired up and has a plan and he's ready to attack that. And that's kind of what they have to do, right? Right now, I mean, to some degree, because you only have a couple of your assistant coaches hired. I think right now the number is at four out of 10 officially. You know, I know that they've talked to, to some recruits here and there about maybe guys that they're targeting that they don't want the recruits to share yet. Um, but I, I think the you know, the focus has to be the vision. Like one other thing I was curious about, because I know you you cover recruiting a lot closer than I do. Um, it seems to me like outside of, you know, some of those top prospects like a like a Kamari Wilson who's probably, you know, the kind of take you would take no matter what, right? Uh, some of these really high-end guys. It seems like Florida's recruiting efforts at least into this early signing period have focused more on guys in the trenches, you know, the Christian Williams, the the Sean Washington types where you've got, you know, maybe they're not as highly rated as Florida fans would like to see. But they're guys that either A, Billy Napier and his staff have already scouted extensively from their time at Louisiana, or B, are just big bodies who can help, I think, plug some of those holes that Florida has on the roster in terms of talent and depth, you know, in the trenches. Is that, am, am I accurate in, in saying that there's maybe more of a focus on the line of scrimmage right now than, than maybe skill positions? You know, I think you're spot on. You know, you look at the guys they've signed or excuse me, that they're trying to sign the guys that they visit and the guys that they've been recruiting. You know, a lot of those skill guys that were in the class previously that ended up at other other schools or backed off their commitments or what have you, um, you know, those were guys that weren't along the line of scrimmage, obviously. So, you know, a lot of these guys that he's gone to see, defensive linemen, offensive linemen. And again, if you if you were heading into, you know, the Florida hire and you were looking at the biggest area that you need to improve on the roster, it's the offensive line, it's the defensive line. You know, you need to get better in the trenches. Um, a lot of those guys in the transfer portal that Florida has had over the last last year or the, you know, year or two coming from the transfer port. Those are more band-aid type of guys. You really need to put a focus on adding those high school guys in there. Um, you know, Florida had some guys in the class already. Um, some of those guys, you know, like a Jamari Lyons, um, David Connor, you know, the adding a Christian Williams, um, you know, those are the guys, you know, Chris McClellan is another guy that Florida brought in on a second official visit. Um, so it seems to me that the trenches has really been the focus for them. And, and that's probably not a bad idea because heading into that early signing period, those guys are the ones that everyone really wants to load up on, you know, the line of scrimmage type of guys. Those are the guys that typically sign early. Not everybody, you know, there's definitely some guys that are left over for whenever you're signing in February, but those guys are at an all-time premium. And you have all these right. schools that, you know, let's say a guy is committed to a lower tier type of school, but he's playing to sign in February. That guy becomes a premium for a lot of schools because you have all these big time schools that are circling around at other guys looking to see what's left there. So those guys are at an all-time premium there. So it's good to get at least a bulk of those guys, 
it signing and get done in December, maybe reassess if there's some other guys you want to add in there and kind of continue to evaluate, fill out your coaching staff, see where they want to go with some of the skill guys, you know, whatever, what have you and whatnots. Um, but, you know, for those guys along the offensive line, defensive line, that's definitely seen to be the focus. And I think that, uh, you know, again, you know, you look at what the needs for at Florida and the line of scrimmage is where they need to get better. Yeah. And we've seen that happen in the past. I remember uh, Malik Langham, I think in the 2018 or 2019 class was a guy that kind of happened to who, uh, if memory serves me right, it was kind of a, you know, uh, lower, lower rated target, maybe in that kind of borderline four star range. And he ends up going past the early signing period. All of a sudden, you know, it turns into a, you know, a fight with Bama, Florida, getting involved. And, and you know, you do, like you said, you see that premium placed on some of these guys. So I do think taking, you know, some of these big bodies, uh, Christian Williams, 6'4", 320, David Connor, six foot six guy with, you know, a lot of frame to to kind of fill out there. Uh, some of these other guys, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Blake, uh, let's take a quick commercial break. We're not going to keep you too long today because I know your phone is blown up with, uh, you know, sources left and right trying to figure out what's going on here and there. Let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll talk about kind of the game plan for Florida fans going into the early signing period. Guys, they need to be watching. Guys, they may see surprises on that kind of thing right after this break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, uh, a bit of an unusual setup for Florida, I think, going into the early signing period, especially now that we're a couple years in, having this early signing period and, and kind of, you know, programs have adjusted. I do think there's some degree of, of truth to the idea that Billy Napier has probably thought about the best way to handle a transition. And, and one of the things that he said in no uncertain terms in his first press conference at Florida was, hey, I'm probably going to disappoint some people, you know, with the way we approach things, but here's how I'm going to do it. And he said, we're not going to probably take a whole lot of guys on early signing day. You know, we're going to get the guys that we know, you know, we kind of want to take. We're, we'll get them in the fold. Uh, but beyond that, he wants to establish his staff all the way, kind of get them settled and then really make a push, I think, with the guys that are left out there you know, that they, they feel good about taking. They don't want to just fill spots just to fill spots. And I think that's a smart approach from my end. Um, transition classes, generally, Blake, you know this, you're not going to hit on a whole lot of recruits, right? It, it, typically, the, the hit rate is fairly low. So, you know, the, I think the best thing you can do if you're Florida is be patient and then make sure you have a bunch of spots for that 2023 class, the bump class that everybody refers to. But Blake, realistically, you know, Florida fans do expect results and they expect results sooner than later. Looking at Florida's class right now, it's ranked 79th in the country. It's dead last in the SEC. 
part of that is they only have seven commitments. So Blake, from this commit list, are there any guys that you think may not sign early or are not planning to sign early? And then what's kind of the game plan for Florida? Maybe guys that um, you feel like may be additions on early signing day. Like I want to give Florida fans an idea of maybe what they can expect from somebody who's an expert in recruiting covering Florida like you. Yeah, you know, of the seven guys in the class right now, um, the one guy that I know for sure will not sign early is three-star offensive lineman Jalen Farmer. Uh, he is always kind of, at least in recent history here, he's planning to sign in February. He's coming off an official visit to Kentucky this past weekend. Uh, Florida and Auburn are some official visits that have been mentioned in the month of January. So that's a guy that, you know, off the rip is going to be planning to sign in February. He's going to take some visits some more. He's going to continue to weigh things out. Um, Tony Livingston, the four-star jumbo athlete type because I don't see him as being an offensive tackle anymore, which 24-7 has him listed at. Um, he's a guy that I've been told leading up to this week was kind of up in the air on whether or not he will sign early. I still haven't gotten official word of that past his basketball coach. He's been playing basketball most of this year at King High School where he attends. Um, he said that Tony plans to sign early, says he plans to sign on Wednesday. Um, he's got a, a, a little bit of a ceremony with some guys from Carrollwood Day School, where the school was at, school he was at before moving to uh, King High School. Um, so, you know, is going off of what his high school basketball coach is saying that Tony plans to sign early. Um, does he have a letter of intent? I don't know. That's something that I've been trying to confirm on my end. Mm-hmm. I have no reason to believe that the coach would say that he's not signing or or that he is signing early and not have one, but just kind of doing my due diligence to check things out. So, I mean, if there was a guy that in the class now that I would say maybe is up in the air, but at least as far as what I'm hearing, the plan is to sign early. Um, It'd be Tony Livingston. Um, But past that, you know, guys like Chris McClellan, uh, Jamari Lyons, David Connor, Christian Williams, Trey Smack, all those guys I've been told will sign early. Um, So that's where Florida's at as far as, you know, the commitments. At Target wise, McClellan is still a little up near. You said he is. He is. He took the official visit to Oklahoma. I think there is some sway early on. I mean, this is a guy that lives in Oklahoma, um, has really grown up an Oklahoma fan, has a lot of guys that are in that class now from Oklahoma that have been committed on top of Nick Evers, who was committed to Florida. You know, Jaden Gibson's another guy that's looking like, you know, leaning towards Oklahoma that was committed to Florida. So he has a lot of friends that are going to be going to Oklahoma or looking at Oklahoma, um, you know, being in state there. I think this guy. is a guy, I mean, top 100 guy. guy. And I, I think this is a guy that, you know, early on really wanted to go to Oklahoma, you know, and I don't know that the old staff there was really pressing very hard for him, um, which opened up the door for Florida Atlanta's commitment, even without a head coach. Um, Billy Napier has been working hard to keep him in the fold. Again, a top 100 guy on the defensive line, an area that you really want to focus on. Um, but I, I, as far as I'm hearing, I think things are very close. Um, a lot of those factors for Oklahoma, like I mentioned, but getting that official visit to, to Florida on Sunday, um, him being the only guy there got him to spend a lot of one-on-one time with Billy Napier. Um, Kelvin Bolden, the guy in the off-field role, has really built a good relationship with him as well. Um, so he got to spend a lot of time with him also. I think, it, like I said, I think it's close. I'm leaning towards Florida sticking him, but uh, that's that's one that I it's still worth monitoring. You know, I don't think Florida's completely in the clear. Nothing to worry about there um, because this new Oklahoma staff is pressing for him. They do want him and they are trying to flip him. Like uh, some guys maybe that are not in the current class that Florida needs to watch. Yeah, you know, five-star Kamari Wilson, like I mentioned before, I think that uh, Florida really kind of made up some ground there. Um, I'm not ready to predict him to Florida. Again, I still lean in Georgia there, Um, but I think that that's a guy that – you know, the way his recruitment has played out, you know, he's one that, you know, I mean, he could really do anything. You know, that's a lot of these kids when you get down to the kind of the, you know, the, the end of the finish line there, guys start, you know, really looking around, really weighing things out. Um, I think the Florida visit really, um, again, tightened up things with Georgia there. I'm still leaning Georgia. I haven't heard anything otherwise to make me deter from Georgia, um, but that's a guy that Florida really wants. He'll make his, uh, his announcement around four o'clock on ESPN on Wednesday. 
uh, four-star defensive back Devin Moore. Um, Picking between Florida and uh, Notre Dame, I think around 730 is whenever he plans to sign. Um, I like Florida there for him. Um, I don't know that a final decision has completely been made because he has a good relationship with Marcus Freeman, who is, you know, is now Notre Dame's head coach. Right. Um, he was one of the main recruiters for him on the defensive side of the ball whenever he was, you know, committed to Notre Dame. Um, but I do think the Corey Raymond hire, I think Corey Bell being there, uh, you know, a high academic guy. Florida's, you know, can really check the boxes off a lot there, playing time, you know. So I think there's a lot of positives for Florida. I'm leaning to Florida. I have a crystal ball pick on Florida. Um, and the final guy that I think is worth watching is Sean Washington, uh, the three-star three defensive line tack, uh, defensive line target who is committed to Georgia, um, New Orleans area guy, connections to a lot of the guys on Florida staff that have those Louisiana ties. Um, I think that, you know, coming out of a visit saying things are 50-50 when you're committed to another school, um, like we said before, raises an eyebrow for Florida fans. Um, you know, he was going to go home and weigh things out and kind of figure things out with what he was going to do. I'm sure he's probably still in very much talking with Georgia staff, Florida staff. Um, but, you know, I think that Florida's I, – I, there's some optimism on Florida's chance. end with his recruitment. They definitely have a chance, and I think he's one to follow. Um, there's some other guys that I'm sure, you know, Florida, you know, is in it for Shamar James, the four-star linebacker, Quincy Wiggins, the four-star defensive lineman, Julie Kelly, the four-star defensive lineman. I think those guys end up elsewhere, but those are some guys that, you know, will probably have a Florida hat in front of them whenever it comes time to picking a school on signing day. Like, are there any guys that maybe Florida has been in the mix for that have kind of always planned to sign early that maybe the Gators are pushing to try to get to sign in February? Because I would think if you're Billy Napier and knowing you only have, you know, the one recruiting weekend that they just had, you know, you don't have your full staff. You know that you're going to probably get some of those staffers when the NFL season ends. Um, you know, various you know different ways the staff could take place over the next really couple weeks. I would think once you know you have those in place, you'll have a much better chance of landing guys. Are there any guys that are maybe enough on the fence about Florida that they would consider pushing back their signing to to kind of get a chance to see more? Calvin Dinkins, a three-star defensive lineman from Mississippi area, was one of those guys that got a late offer from Florida, had relationships with coaching staff members from ULL. Um, they were He was a guy that they were trying to you know hold off for February, sign in February so they could get him on campus for an official visit um, because he knows the staff, but he just doesn't know Florida very well. Um, but he's going to play in a sign in, uh, on, on Wednesday. Um, Baylor is looking like the pick there, Mississippi State and Baylor battle there either way. Um, Zion Young, he's a former West Virginia commit, was offered by Florida this past weekend. Uh, he's taken official visits in the month of December to Michigan State, Missouri. They're trying to get him to hold off on signing till February. Um, when I talked to him this past week, you know, he was really kind of unsure what his plans were. He didn't know if he was going to sign early. If he does, I don't see Florida being the pick. Um, I think Michigan State or Missouri, obviously, from coming off of those visits there. Um, but he did say Florida has a lot, he has a lot of interest in Florida. He really wants to check him out. So if he does wait, like the staff is wanting to, I expect him to take an official visit sometime in January if he does wait. Um, Another interesting name that, you know, was offered by Florida that a lot of Florida fans will remember uh, four-star defensive back, Julian Humphrey, he's committed to Georgia. Uh, he is a former Florida commit who was committed to that uh, Dan Mullins coaching staff before the coaching changes happened. Um, this morning, he posted that he was re-offered by Billy Napier and his staff. He's had LSU as a top contender, um, which, you know, obviously Corey Raymond is the name that comes in there. Um, interestingly, I was heard that there was some buzz that he could actually visit this past weekend to Florida. I don't believe that ever happened. Um, he was at Georgia for a visit, for an unofficial visit. Um, so again, you know, that wasn't really something that, you know, ever materialized. But I think the connection with Coach Raymond, him getting the re-offer uh, this morning, certainly seems that Florida's going to try to take a shot to flip him. 
uh, Steve Wolfong, 24-7 Sports Steve Wolfong, actually spoke with uh, with Humphrey, and there's a story on Swamp 24-7 um, about, you know, just kind of his thoughts on the offer. And it seems slightly up in the air that he could even sign tomorrow. So, you know, if he waits, that's obviously a good chance for Florida. Um, if they can pull off a flip on Wednesday, that'd be a big win over Georgia, flipping a guy from Kirby Smart. You know, those are battles that Florida fans kind of have, like, battered dog syndrome because you yeah. think, like, no chance that's going to happen. And, you know, so that, that would be a good – that would be a good um, – Good win for Florida on signing day if they were able to swing something out there. Um, whether or not he signs or not, it def- certainly seems, at least what from what he's told Steve Wolfong, that he's unsure on things there. So if he did wait, you know, that obviously bodes well for Florida because Corey Raymond is a guy that he has a relationship with. He's been to Florida several times. He knows the layout. There's obviously early playing time at Florida for him with him having a need at defensive back. So there's a lot of positives for Florida if he does wait. Um, I would think that if – things are kind of moving to where he's going to sign on Wednesday. I would have a hard time seeing him not not. pick Georgia just because the lack of time. Um, He's a guy that, you know, I mean, he's one of these kids now in the day and age of like TikTok, where he's one of those TikTok famous guys. So those guys, at least from what I've seen, those guys can be all over the place. You know, they, they really like the attention. They really like the movement. He, you know, he's a guy that could surprise. Um, But I think that that would bode well for Florida if he does wait, like he's saying he would, or at least thinking about doing. Yeah. And I guess, I guess that's why I wanted to talk to you today is like, you know, Billy Napier said, we're not going to sign many guys. Right. And so I think, you know, it's, it's going to suck for some fans. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that it's, it's not going to be, you know, this situation where you, you have a new coach coming in all of a sudden, everybody's flooding. I think what you're looking for, if you're, you know, looking for optimism for Florida is land the couple guys that the, the staff has clearly identified as guys they want to get in the boat. And then if you can get, you know, a couple of these guys that are maybe high profile guys, you know, a Julian Humphrey or whatever, to either flip your way or hold off. I think that's probably what you're looking for is like, you know, a, a best case scenario for Florida going into tomorrow's early signing period. I mean, not that, you know, Billy Napier shouldn't be expected to have a class better than the 79th class in the country, but there is some degree of the reality of the situation is they walked in, as Billy Napier put it, with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, right? You, there's and they little... also cut out a lot of guys in the class, too. I mean, you could have had a higher number if you didn't move on from some of those guys that were in the class. Right, too. and I think, to me, that's a positive in some ways. Now, we can talk about different guys that maybe not aren't in the class now that, that maybe different people think should have been. But Napier had a plan. I mean, this this was very intentional to kind of trim the class down, not take guys just to take guys. You know, he talked about the two-way fit. It's got to be a marriage. You don't want to just elope, you know, one week into the thing. Um, But I think if you're a Florida fan, what you want to see is a couple of these guys maybe waiting, uh, giving Florida a chance, you know, as they get their complete staff in. Blake, is there anything else that we haven't covered? Um, I know, obviously, you've got a ton on Swamp247.com, and you barely slept the last week or two between the coaching search and and, uh, assistants being hired and then uh, obviously recruiting. Anything we missed? Uh, you know, I, I think one guy worth noting is a, is a, a, a quarterback from the, the Georgia area, Robbie Roper. Um, I, no offer from Florida there. Um, he's been talking with the Florida staff. Um, if there was a guy that was going to – you know how signing day is. It's, yep. it's crazy in general just because a lot of things are moving really fast. But if there was a guy that, you know, with a new coaching staff and kind of putting out some late offers, I think if he were to get an offer on kind of late in the game, that could be one guy to watch, maybe to sign early. I think that more than likely it's probably someone that, you know, you wait and reassess things in January. Um, but I, I guess that's just worth noting, just, you know, maybe a guy to keep an eye on at the very least. All righty. And uh, guys, uh, if you're not aware, Blake has already put out a recruiting war room, so to speak, on Swamp 24-7 discussing some of these major prospects. 
he's giving you his thoughts uh, beyond just you know what we've talked about on the podcast here. So be sure to check it out on Swamp247.com. Uh, we are currently running a 50% off promotion for new annual subscribers. And if you're already a monthly subscriber at Swamp247, this offer is eligible for an upgrade. So you could upgrade from a monthly subscription to an annual subscription. Uh, you get 50% off the cost of an annual subscription. That deal runs out tonight, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. So be sure to take advantage of that deal if you want to get all of Blake's coverage in the early signing period, after the early signing period, I think is going to be maybe the the, the more important time. You know, when Florida's board has kind of had a chance to settle, you're getting these assistant coaches in. And then obviously Billy Napier has talked about making a big push with a, a full staff, a coordinated effort into National Signing Day. So be sure to check it out, swamp247.com, guys. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Swamp 24-7 podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you aren't already. You'll get notifications of every video that drops. And if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, any of those, be sure to leave us a favorable review. We appreciate it, guys. And we will see you again on Thursday with a breakdown of everything that happened in the early signing period. Although it will still be going on, we'll, we'll discuss really the early signing day, the guys that Florida was able to get in the boat and kind of reset the focus for Florida going forward. But that'll do it for us today, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.